0: That is my first recommendation for all of my clients. I say, if you leave today's session with one thing, I want you to meet your hydration goals because it is that much of a game changer. But it's also the thing that everyone rolls their eyes at me at. Like, oh, this is what you're teaching me. You're teaching me to hydrate. I know that. But who's doing it? So once they do that, they feel so great. They feel great. It's really a game changer.
1: Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran, Karina Balisi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet.
2: Welcome to another interview episode of Nutrition Without Compromise. April is Stress Awareness Month, so today we're going to talk about all things stress-related and how you can be more resilient, recovering as quickly as possible from life's unexpected and even expected stresses. In the Mental Health Foundation's 2018 study, this is an organization out of the UK, they sampled over 4,600 respondents and reported that 51% of adults who felt stress also reported feeling depressed and 61% also reported feeling anxious. What's more, 36% of adults reported that the stress they experienced in the last year was related to either their health, the health of a friend, or a family member. This statistic rose to 44% for adults that were over the age of 55. While these simple percentages paint a stark picture, there is hope in sight. To lift the skirt on this issue, And give us a little hope, I'm joined by a former guest and friend of the show, Amy Shapiro. Amy is a registered dietitian who has a ton of experience guiding people through all sorts of life and health challenges, from those that seek to lose some weight to those that are working to get the most out of their physical performance, such as elite athletes. She operates out of New York with her company, Real Nutrition New York City, or NYC where she has been in private practice for 15 years. She offers realistic recommendations on how people can meet their nutrition goals and achieve better health through better nutrition. Now, before I offer her the floor, it's important I cover that simple disclaimer. This show is offered for informational and entertainment purposes only. If you have a specific health concern, you'll want to connect with your healthcare provider. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good. It was so nice to finally meet you in person at Expo West just a few weeks ago. And so nice. I'm just walking by. I'm like, wait a minute. That's Amy. I'm like, Amy Shapiro.
0: That was awesome. That was awesome.
2: And there you were. Yeah. There we were.
0: Getting all of the new info.
2: All of the new info. And I wonder, too, if you have specific new intel to share from that event
0: about products and things that I liked.
2: Yeah, something that really stood out. If there was anything truly innovative that just stopped you
0: in your tracks. Yeah, I would say there was a lot of the same, but what did stop me in my tracks was, I don't know if you saw it, it was the Wonder Egg. It was the vegan hard-boiled egg. Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> but made without chemicals or, or interesting things, made with nuts and it and it looked legit and it actually tasted pretty good. I don't taste much when I'm there, but I tasted that. And that was my stopping moment.
2: Yeah. I did actually sample the same thing with a mild bit of skepticism. I am somebody who is mostly plant-based who still eats eggs. And so looking for an alternative is something that has been on my docket list. The thing I didn't like is how much packaging that product came in because they're making it to look like a hard-boiled egg. So it's literally cut in half with the yolk yellow shown to you, but it had a good amount of protein, I think. And the mouthfeel, the texture was similar to an egg. I think they used tapioca fiber or something like that in there to help it kind of get that gelatinous sort of feel to the egg white. And then I also tasted
0: the paprika. It almost tasted like, to me, a deviled egg. Yeah. But I was expecting to be turned off and there were no xanthan gums or things like that used, which I was pretty impressed by. So anyway, that was my one aha. Oh, this is very novel.
2: Yeah. Well, great. So stepping away from Expo West 2023, the circus for the natural products industry, really, and everybody in the health and nutrition field, I would love to know if you have specific issues that you've confronted with your clientele around stress. And even before we get to that, if we can really just define what stress is for our audience and so that they can gain perhaps a closer understanding of the topic we'll be covering today.
0: Right. So, well, when we talk about stress, there's so many different angles of stress. Some of us live with just a general baseline of high stress, right? Where maybe have families, tough jobs, trying to keep a roof over our heads, the things that are going on in the world right now, right? There's just these levels of stress. But then there's additional layers of stress, extreme moments of stress. Living in New York City, where I live, I feel like we all live under a, a certain bracket of stress constantly. And then there's a the stress you put on your body, right? So exercise is stress temperatures can be stress. All there's so many pieces and it can be short bursts of stress, which fight or flight. And then there are these long, I want to call it systemic stress, but it's not really systemic. It's more chronic stress that we live under. Um, and they can really mess with our hormones and they can mess with our sleep and they can mess with our feelings, our emotions, everything. So that's generally what I think of as stress. And some of it is controllable and some of it really is not. So it's really learning how to manage your surroundings to help yourself manage the stress that you are under.
2: Well, um, why don't we talk for a moment about the sorts of triggers that can get us kind of activated into this stress state, and then the sorts of things that we can do to mindfully return to a feeling of calm after that moment's interruption.
0: Yeah, well, what can get us into these states can be anything from an incident to a stressful moment to the news. There's so many things, especially these days. I just feel like we are constantly gathering information or even if you don't want to listen to the information, you want to take a break, you can't avoid it. What I think is really important and it's not, always automatic. I think a lot of people have to learn how to manage their stress, but it's recognizing that it's stressful. It's it's recognizing how you deal with stress, right? Some of my clients are emotional eaters. Some of my clients are stress eaters. They have a deadline. They like to constantly move their hands in their mouth to make that connection. Some people just find themselves in the cabinet or, or standing up eating instead of sitting and taking a deep breath or eating while being bombarded by stressful information, right? Your smartphone, Instagram, any kind of input that you're constantly getting. So it's really learning how to manage that. Some of it is changing your behaviors, which takes a long time. Some of it is not reacting on autopilot, which many of us do and kind of changing your pathways. But there's a huge learning curve and everybody has to recognize what really affects them.
2: Right, I mean, one I think that most people can relate to is the simple action of your phone providing an alert every time an email comes in or that there's an update on someone you follow's Twitter feed. And so what I often counsel friends and families to do is just you don't have to go on a full digital detox, but shut off the alerts because it constantly distracts your attention And even those minor distractions can add a little bit of kind of resident stress throughout your day where your system is constantly kind of trying to get back to normal. And I think that sets us up for failure as opposed to success. And so... Again, digital detoxes can be very healthy. I think you'll read a lot of different studies that just say, hey, limit when you're on your device and set it on its charger outside of the bedroom and don't start your day first thing by grabbing your smartphone and scrolling through email or your newsfeed. Develop a healthier habit that can help you to sustain a stress-reduced perhaps cortisol reduced, that stress response kind of constant state. So you're better positioned than when an actual
0: stressor occurs to handle it. And everybody handles that differently, right? Some people are not really affected by their phones and some people really are. So it's also recognizing who you are. I definitely have certain clients who feel so much better when they just take social media off their phone. It's not a temptation. It's not sitting there waiting for them. Um, And then I think there's some people, it just doesn't get to them. So everybody really has to tune in. This is another area of health and wellness that really helps to be individualized.
2: You can't even build in practices where your smartphone might give you an alert every hour to get up from your desk and walk around, which also can help you to reduce your stress. So there are tools that your devices enable. I'm just saying the over assault of having constant kind of reminders can be, can be a lot.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And then if you have a smart watch and then you're constantly buzzing on your arm, you really can never escape.
2: Yeah. Fantastic. So now that we've defined stress as being some things that are perhaps avoidable, but it can be triggered by a specific thing, it could be something that wasn't stressful in the past, but is now stressful for you. I'll give you a for instance to make this real. I started to get nearly daily calls from my son's school about some behavior issues when he was five years old. And it got to the point where when I saw my phone ring, I would feel the anxiety kind of well up from my stomach and up through my spine. Like, oh God, what now? Mm -hmm. And this isn't something that would typically have triggered me before, but because of my present circumstance, it was a lot. And so I just had to acknowledge, like confront, speak it, give voice to the fact that I was anxious about this thing that we were going to have to work through and that perhaps would get better with time, which it did. But it was just a stressor that came into our lives that we couldn't avoid and that we had to work through. And so building a practice that enables you to confront that issue and then relax, maybe it's a breathing exercise, taking a mindful moment, or even just after that call is over, sitting back and saying to yourself a mantra that will help you get through the moment. And that could be different for everybody. So now that we've done that, I wonder if there are specific dietary and practice tools that you like to give to your clients specifically who are living very busy lifestyles, who perhaps are working to be that elite athlete? I mean, the full gamut here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing I like to recommend, it's very easy to spiral when you're in a stressful moment. So one of the things that I always recommend is to have a plan. Once you can control an aspect of your life a little bit, you do feel more in charge. So I always like to recommend having a plan, having a routine that you know you're going to kind of execute on, unless of course it gets in the way. But if you're already feeling stressed, having that plan, you know, really does work. So for me, it's I always wake up before my children so I can get at least 30 minutes of alone time, some hot water with lemon. in in a state where I really just want to be in. So I don't meditate. I know that I should. I'm working on it. But this is more like my moving meditation. And then from there, I can collect myself to get the morning, which is pretty stressful, under control. And then I only eat after I get my kids out the door, because if I'm eating with my kids, I feel very rushed and then it doesn't register, right? So I know that that's how it works for me. So I recommend these things for many of my clients, Um, no matter if they're (laughs) professional athletes or parent athletes or just humans functioning in a high stress world. It's to have that routine because I know that if one of my kids wakes up within those 30 minutes, my whole day starts in a different way, just because I need that time to kind of digest what's going to happen in the day. So I say start a routine and have a plan for how your day is going to start. Ideally, you want to get outside, right? You want to be exposed to light. You want to take a few deep breaths. We all forget to breathe, especially while we're eating. We definitely forget to breathe. We eat so quickly these days that we forget to chew. So that's something that I usually recommend. And then I also have what I call like your no-excuse meals, right? So if you have a really jam-packed, week or day, you have your automated, I'm going to grab my two eggs, I'm going to grab my toast with peanut butter, I have my go to's where I don't really have to think and get stressed and then end up eating out of a frenzy. So you have your automated, you know, food plan for those moments to structure your day. And that's really one of the things it's always how can you be prepared? Because if you're caught off guard, it can add to your stress. So those are a few things that I like to kind of just set up in the beginning is be prepared. It's 50% of the challenge is being prepared just in life in general, but with food, especially and emotions, Um, and to give yourself that time, like what is coming up that you can prepare for. And then if something gets in your way, at least you kind of have a little bit of a plan.
2: You said something I want to touch back on, and that was that you felt like you should be meditating. (laughs) I know. So I think a lot of people experience this. I am also one of them. But when you're constantly shoulding yourself, like, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. That also adds a layer of stress to your life. And some people, that quiet moment that you have in the morning is what you need to reset yourself and to relax. And perhaps it's that just quiet moment. I had this gentleman I interviewed for another podcast I host called John LeFavor. and he shared with me something that has been life-changing for me. So I'd like to share it with everybody here. He said, every day, just take 30 minutes to do nothing. And he said, it doesn't have to be meditation. Just sit down or go for a walk. It doesn't even have to be moving, but just to not be committing to really doing anything. And he's like, I do this by going outside and taking a seat. If it's raining, I'm under an awning. If it's doing this, I'm doing that. You know, like make it part of his practice. But just the action of not committing to a single thing for 30 minutes His mind might wander, come up with a new idea. It might be meditative, but it might not really. It's just not having anything on your docket to add to the stresses of your day. And so I started to do this. And and granted, I've fallen a little out of practice because we've had a bit of chaos around my home with floods, which are stressful. Atmospheric river after atmospheric river, hitting California, not knowing for moments, is my downstairs office going to flood? What do I have to do? This is an outside stressor, something that I could not change or affect. It's the weather. My home is fixed in place. I can't change that on a moment's notice. And so this was a huge assault on me. And I realized in the middle of this last week when I had construction hammers banging in my house to fix some of the problems that we encountered, that I hadn't taken one of those 30-minute breaks for weeks. And so I think this is something that we can all appreciate. It's not to sit there and eat. It's not to sit there and scroll on your phone. It's not to sit there and look at what's trending on TikTok or to listen to an audiobook. It's just to sit and do nothing for 30 minutes and let that look like what it looks like. And I have to say it was a game changer for me six months ago, and it's going to be a game changer for me again, because I'm going to integrate that shift and I'm, I'm fairly confident that it will help me get back to my center.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, there's a reason why I don't meditate because that typical kind doesn't work for me, but I always have those 30 minutes to in my day and I feel it when they're interrupted. Certainly. For sure. You have to know what works for you. It's just so individualized.
2: Yeah. And then there's this other leader, Mihaly, Ciz- I can't say his last name, but he wrote a book called Flow Meditation which was all about this perspective that you don't necessarily have to be still to have a meditative moment, that repetitive motion can be incredibly soothing. And this was something that I resonated with because I noticed that I got the most peaceful and quiet when I was doing long distance runs over eight miles where it was just like the repetitive foot motion, you just kind of like boom, boom, boom. There's a rhythm to it. And you're. I didn't run with music. I just ran with myself. I like to be out in nature and I listen to the birds tripping and things like that. And ultimately we get to the space where I felt really quiet and clear. I also noticed the same thing when I was doing simple tasks like washing dishes or even rubbing down my horse after a long ride. And these repetitive motions do something to really quiet the mind, especially if you're more that A-type, a busy person who simply doesn't quiet into crisscross applesauce. I mean, I don't want to work through cultural appropriation in any way here, but I'm not sure what they actually refer to that pose in yoga anymore as either. It's a certain pose. At any rate, Lotus, right, where you have your hands on your knees and you're just kind of calming or even going into child's pose and being quiet or something like that. That can really work for some people. But for me, I'd get busy brain at that moment. Let's talk about some of your favorite dietary tools that can also help us recover from stress.
0: Yeah. So before I talk about what I like to remove, I always talk about what I like to add. So when we're talking about stress, things that we want to incorporate into our food is our foods that are high in B vitamins, like B12, do help us to metabolize cortisol. So some of these things, some are plant-based, some are not. Um, we have anything from fortified grains to chicken, beef, nutritional yeast. And these are foods that we want to incorporate. that many people don't get in enough into their diet. If I do have a client who has a little bit more of a stress, I will recommend a B-complex supplement. So that's one. I also like to, of course, recommend foods that are high in omega-3s because this decreases inflammation and also helps with stress management. So anything from walnuts, chia, flax, grass-fed beef, eggs, pasture-raised eggs, salmon, seafood, all of these are really great additions. And this is an area where I definitely find most of my clients do not get adequate amounts of omega-3s in their diet from food. So again, this is someplace where I might recommend supplementation. So either or from an algae-based for vegans um, or fish oil based. And then of course, we all have been hearing about magnesium, which is depleted in our soils. So eating foods that are high in magnesium can also help to relax the body, the central nervous system. And again, it does help to metabolize cortisol. And these are common foods and many people do enjoy like avocados and bananas and broccoli, but then additional foods like pumpkin seeds. So these are really high in magnesium. Some people also do feel great when they do supplement in the evening time with magnesium. And then of course, we always want to manage blood sugar levels. So that means eating um, enough adequate amounts of protein at meals. So from beans and tofu and tempeh, and chicken, beef, eggs, these good quality proteins help to balance blood sugars to prevent blood sugar spikes, which when they crash, we often feel that those anxiety feelings, we sweat, we get our heart rate up. And then finally, you know, foods that support the gut. So we want to incorporate foods that are high in fiber because those are the prebiotics. And then we want to incorporate the healthy bacteria through kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, Greek yogurt. These are all really great things because there is that gut brain connection. So all of that does help to manage stress, which are my go-to food groups that I often feel most people don't consume enough of. But once they're kind of encouraged and we break it down, then they can easily add them to most meals and most moments.
2: To your point too, often you'll see that stress-oriented supplements contain a smattering of B vitamins, which are also something that can help with that kind of busy brain, which I think is a result partly of that over abundance of cortisol in our system, that kind of inflammatory response that our, our body is under. Now, you mentioned omega-3, so I'll pause here for a moment to just share that There's no time like the present to get yours. We do have omega 3s offered by Orlo Nutrition, as Amy had mentioned. And these are in the polar omega 3 form. They're highly bioactive. This means they're better absorbed than even fish oil. So you can get them with a smaller pill and no fishy burp. They are vegan. They have unsurpassed purity, freshness, and they're documented to be the world's most sustainable source of nutrition on planet earth. And I say that with not a bit of skepticism. You can look at the website to find out a lot more. Our audience gets 20% off at checkout. Just use the coupon code NWC20 at checkout and you will get 20% off your first order. And that is NWC20, all caps, and you'll receive 20% off that order. Now, getting back to magnesium, I wanna talk about this for a moment because this is powerful for people at several stages of their lives. You mentioned even wanting to take it before bed. That can also really help to have kind of a calming evening. And I know many people had a moment in perhaps January where they decide they're going to stop drinking alcohol, for example. They wanted that relaxing feeling in the evening that they would get with that glass of wine. So perhaps they would take a kava supplement or a kava beverage or even just a powdered magnesium that they would dissolve in a cup of chamomile tea and actually enjoy that relaxing feeling. But magnesium also is involved in cramping in muscles. So if you're noticing that for instance, you get calf cramps in the middle of the night, you're likely deficient in magnesium. So it's not just about supporting your recovery from stress. It's about making sure that you get enough every day. And if you're not eating certain foods perhaps like the pumpkin seeds and a really plant-rich diet, you may not be getting enough of this essential mineral. So it is one of those that I tend to recommend people in my life supplement
0: with during times of stress. Certainly. Yep. And there is definitely a variety of magnesiums to choose from based on your symptoms that you're feeling. And I Also think you had mentioned the powdered into tea, even just incorporating, you know, a tea routine, a bedtime routine with or without magnesium that is also very calming and does scaffold you the way, you know, maybe a glass of wine, which is one of the things I like to eliminate when people are feeling a lot of stress, but scaffolding yourself with an evening routine also really helps. Certainly. If we can touch on the foods that I like to remove, now that we've discussed what we should include, that's how I gently work with my clients. There's an active abundance and then it makes removing some of your favorite things maybe a little easier. But some of the things that we look at removing under extreme conditions of stress, especially when your cortisol is high or certain points in your life, it's because they do either create inflammation, they do disrupt sleep. And these are the things that, you know, people often reach for when they are stressed. And so that's alcohol, right? So we tend to reach for a glass of wine or a cocktail when we're feeling stressed to kind of bring ourselves to a calm and it works temporarily, but then eventually can disrupt our sleep, which can lead to more extreme levels of stress. Coffee for some people who do not metabolize it well, coffee can create a lot of anxiety for some individuals and that caffeine can cause that caffeine spike. So even though people do love their coffee and it is a conversation that I... I have to have gently. There are other options, like maybe matcha is a little bit of a better idea because it does come along with L-theanine, which is an amino acid. You're making me squirm. (laughs) I'm sorry about the coffee. (laughs) Listen, I love coffee. I metabolize it really well. I'm sure that you do as well.
2: I do too. Even though I do metabolize it well, I will say I notice if I have tea as opposed to coffee that I tend to remain more calm.
0: Yeah. Well, with the matcha, even green tea, it comes with the L-theanine naturally in it. And L-theanine is an amino acid that kind of prevents that um, extreme like fight or flight adrenaline rush we get from caffeine. So it makes it more of an even curve as opposed to like a spike and then a down. So that might be a good option. So it's not that caffeine is bad, but maybe we need to balance it out a little bit more. Or sometimes maybe certain times of the month or when you know stressful meetings are coming up, then you switch for the time being. It doesn't mean coffee has to be out or in the afternoon. So I know myself, I, will not have coffee after 12 o'clock, I do pivot to tea just because I know that that's works for my body rhythms. Sugar is another one. People reach for sweets when they are stressed. It's often because they're reaching for quick energy to kind of get them through that moment. But when we have that stressful moment and we have these blood sugar spikes and then crashes, it just increases our anxiety and our stress levels and does not support our hormones at all. So does these quick hits, these sugar bursts that don't come along with any fiber or nutrition. These are the things that I try to eliminate. From my clients' diets while crowding them out with more nutrient supportive food. So it's not like you're sitting around starving and you have no methods to kind of support yourself. You're just reaching for something that is going to be a little bit more supportive for you.
2: We recently had Dr. William Lee back on Nutrition Without Compromise, and he talks about the holy trinity of beverages. And essentially they are Tea, coffee, and water. So hey, there's water in all of these things, but you still need to drink water on its own. Oh boy. And recently too, we had Dr. Anderson on the show who's a specialist in post-infectious diseases. And, you know, even those that are post-COVID or having long-term symptoms from an infectious disease, where he said vast majority of people are walking around underhydrated. And if they just drank more water, they would feel a lot better. And not just a little better, like a lot better.
0: That is my first recommendation for all of my clients. I say, if you leave today's session with one thing, I want you to meet your hydration goals because it is that much of a game changer. But it's also the thing that everyone rolls their eyes at me at. Like, oh, this is what you're teaching me. You're teaching me to hydrate. I know that. But who's doing it? So once they do that, they feel so great. They feel great. It's really a game changer. This is
2: something that I learned listening to Dr. Perlmutter. And I'm interrupting because I think that this tip is incredible. We have a problem with an overacid system situation in our bodies too, which actually also increases our cortisol levels. And so he is working to help people drop their acid levels in their bodies. And one of the things that he talks about in his latest book, Drop Acid, which has like this beautiful cherry on the front, because cherries actually help to reduce your acid levels in your body, is that we actually store water in our fat. And so if you aren't consuming enough water that you actually start storing more of it. And what does that mean? That your body has to create and store more fat to store more water to get you through those difficult times. And so he points to, for instance, the camel's hump. How does a camel store water in its hump? It's because it's stored in the fat cells themselves. And so even though think about fat, you're like, oh, wait, well, fat isn't really water soluble, but hey, there are these wonderful things called polar lipids, which are also in Orlo's products. And guess what? They're both able to go through water and through lipid form because of their polar heads and water soluble tails. So they can go through these types of materials. This is how your fat stores water. And so overall, if you aren't consuming enough water, you both are more likely to overeat foods that may not be healthy for you because you're thirsty, not hungry, and you don't know the difference. And secondarily, you're going to store more fat because you don't have enough water and your body needs water to survive. And so your body is preferentially thinking,
0: okay, store more fat, store more water. Yep. It's like a foundational nutrition tip, but it's like nobody wants to do that. They want the next. And so I'm always encouraging to hydrate because it's A, it can be free if you have clean water available, but B, it's the easy, it's one of the baselines. And so even though people come to me for elevated tips, I often give them, well, I always make sure their baseline is intact. And that's what really moves the needle most. So hydrate, it also helps you to not feel stressed. It helps to decrease stress on your joints. It helps to sleep better. All of the things, just don't hydrate too much before bed.
2: Right, because then you'll wake up (laughs) because you have to go to the bathroom.
0: Correct. Right, right, right.
2: So you also mentioned adequate protein, partially to keep your sugar stable throughout the day. And those that are trending plant-based may not be getting enough protein for their overall diets. No, there's a lot of people saying, oh, well, you don't actually need as much protein as people say you need. But especially for those that are working to be elite athletes, there's a certain amount that you just need so that you're not burning your muscles to create performance. So let's be real about this. What do you suggest to your clients about their protein intake? And then I'd also like to talk about potential sources to boost your protein and what kind of plant source proteins you might prefer to.
0: Yeah, so most of my clients, I do recommend having protein at every meal and snack. So depending on your program, because everything's individualized, I do recommend making sure that it is Each meal and snack does contain some sort of protein. So if we get it a lot easier for animal-based, you know, three ounces of chicken is gonna give you 21 grams of protein. And that's pretty easy. Most of us are getting four, five, six ounces anywhere we're getting a serving. So it's pretty easy. And the reason why I recommend this is one, you wanna get your protein consistently throughout the day. You wanna balance your blood sugar levels. It does help to satiate your hunger because protein is the macronutrient that takes our body the longest time to process. And it helps to maintain your muscle mass, which means that your metabolism stays stoked and you're not kind of eating. Weight your own muscle tissue, so I do recommend about. I'm going to give a general number of anywhere from 21 to 30 grams of protein at most meals, and anywhere from five to 15 grams of protein at most snacks. Again, this can differentiate based on the size of the person, the gender, you know, the activity level, and then when we're talking about plant based, well, with animal based, if it is available, I do really. A- recommend organic grass-fed pasture-raised because then we're avoiding the antibiotics, we're avoiding increased inflammation, but also with grass-fed products, you are getting more omega-3 fats as opposed to when they're grain fed and you're getting more just marbleized saturated fat. So I do like to encourage individuals to do that. When we're talking about plant-based, absolutely can get your protein from that, but it's just harder to meet your goals because plant-based proteins do come along with more carbohydrates and they do come along per serving, there's just less. So to meet your 21 grams of protein from quinoa. I'm just using that as an example. As opposed to chicken, you're going to have to eat, you know, three cups or four cups of quinoa, which is a lot of food. So I recommend for my plant-based clients to really be educated on what foods need to be paired because you will get the nutrients throughout the course of the day right pairing those amino acids together leaning on hemp seeds leaning on seeds and nuts a little bit more some tempeh some tofu some clean organic if possible when we're working with soy products to meet those goals so it will it's doable it just takes some coordination and some thought and you do lean a little bit more on fat, probably in order to keep your blood sugar balanced when you are incorporating these foods that are higher in carbohydrates. So you're not constantly chasing your hunger, which is the goal. When working with some of my plant-based clients, I do like to recommend that they incorporate sometimes a protein powder because usually plant-based is anywhere from 18 to 21 grams of protein per serving, but it's going to be coming from, again, we're going to look for clean, sustainable sources and you know, no more than once a day if you are taking a powder form. And that's kind of, again, it's going to be individualized and very strategic because I do have many plant-based clients who are not the healthiest individuals who are overweight, who do have high cholesterol, because some plant-based foods, you know, are pasta, bread. If you go to a restaurant and you ask for the vegetarian or the vegan option, you're usually going to get a lot of starch. It's not curated with a lot of clean um, plant-based protein as well.
2: And you might not be getting as many micronutrients for that reason too, but you think you're eating healthy.
0: Yeah. I always like to say French fries are vegan usually. Potato chips are vegan, right? But if you're out with friends and that's what's available for you and you're hungry, you're going to sometimes be missing the mark.
2: I get that. So one of the things I also have recently added to my regimen is a vegan unflavored mixed protein. Sun Warrior makes one that I think has a pretty good broad spectrum of its proteins because it has some fermented proteins in there. So that helps you digest them. And you're less gassy that reason and one scoop has 20 grams of protein in it without a lot of crazy adulterants because of the fact that it's unflavored. Well, that means unsweetened, unflavored, and then I'm just like, well, I'll just add some more nuts and seeds and berries and things like that to it to make it a more complete meal for me. But I can't do that 3 times a day. I would just feel like I was depriving myself across the board. So, understanding that and that a single egg has what, about seven grams of protein. I think the same grams of fat It's a fairly balanced food. And if you just wanted to increase your total protein from eggs without increasing the fat, you could leave the yolk out and eat more eggs. So there are ways to get it up in that direction correctly too. And then there are also whey proteins, if you still do dairy, that are responsibly sourced and that are BST-free so they don't have those steroid
0: compounds in them. Same with Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt and cottage cheese, or if you do eat dairy, those are two sources that I recommend too, because Greek yogurt, a serving of it has 16 grams of protein and cottage cheese isn't far behind. So again, you can manipulate the fat percentage if you are watching your saturated fat intake. But again, these are, if you're vegetarian and you're not vegan, these are also really great nourishing filling and very widely available food options. You know, every corner deli, well, I know in New York, we have corner delis everywhere, but even Starbucks, if on a road trip, they do sell a Greek yogurt. Usually it's the Siggy's, which is RBS. Or BST free. I think I'm saying that correct. Yeah, I think so.
2: Now, are there other vitamins or minerals that people tend to burn through when they're overstressed aside from the B vitamins, which are water
0: soluble that you're aware of? That they Well, the magnesium, we're kind of managing some, a lot of people do feel excess stress if they are deficient in vitamin D3, which is supplemental. We don't really get it through many foods, again, sometimes through eggs and sometimes a little bit fortified foods. But that is another one that we do feel the effects if we are really stressed. Those are probably the big ones that I'm thinking of with to help with oxidative stress you know vitamin c is a good uh, supplementation or just to consume some oranges kiwis strawberries red peppers vitamin c does help with oxidative stress which also helps with immunity so all of those things those are some added that you can easily add to your regimen certainly yeah
2: and you don't need to go to a supplement for that either if you're just eating a variety of colorful fruits and vegetables you're likely to get plenty of vitamin c yes yes Now we do also at Orlo have a spirulina immunity boost that contains vitamin D3 along with some B vitamins. And so you can visit the sponsor's page orlonutrition.com and check that out as well. And of course that NWC20 coupon code will work for that as well. What I love about immunity boost is that it combines the spirulina with inborn vitamin B12, specifically from the spirulina itself. And this is unique to the spirulina that we're growing. So it makes it a unique play, very healthy for vegetarians to ensure that they're getting enough. Another vitamin that people tend to be really diminished in, in particular women and of uh, menstruating age, and also those vegetarians and vegans is iron. Yeah. So do you know if there's a correlation between stress
0: response and iron? I don't know if there's a direct correlation. I do know that we often feel tired when we are deficient in iron. So you feel that low energy, which can add stress. Or if you feel like you can't get yourself to that level of functioning, then absolutely.
2: Yeah, I wondered about that specifically because I know that when I'm tired, I'm more likely to snap at something that's minimal you know like my child didn't put their socks in the basket well of course they didn't they're young and they I have a hard time getting my
0: husband to do that so <laughs> it is with my plant-based clients it is relatively even though there are many plant-based foods that are rich in iron it is often very high if you are deficient to bring up your levels without supplementation through iron rich foods if you're not eating animal-based products
2: Yeah, and that specifically would be things like pumpkin and beets and what else?
0: Pumpkin, beets, yeah, nut seeds, beans, dark leafy green veggies. There's iron in almonds. There's iron in a variety of different foods, but sometimes they are combined with other nutrients, right? So in dark leafy greens, they also have calcium and they block the absorption of each other. You need to eat them with an acid so you release the oxalates. It's a whole process. And again, if you eat eggs, though, if you eat eggs, then you do get iron in the yolks. But this is an area where typically to eat enough pumpkin, to eat enough pumpkin seeds, to eat enough to bring up your levels, usually supplementation is very helpful.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are people on the animal product side that will just say, go eat liver. And I'm sure that can work for them, but it does not sound remotely appetizing to me. And for any vegetarians out there, that's a hard pass.
0: Yeah. They do have liver supplements now. It is definitely something I saw a bit at Expo, but it is, they are, listen, organ meats are very nutritionally dense for those individuals who like to consume them.
2: Mm -hmm. That's for certain. Not for me, but You know, I get it. (laughs) All right. So before we prepare to wrap, I would just love to ask you to share a little bit more about the programs that you offer specifically, because as you just got into this topic of co nutrients and things that might impede absorption, that can get really tricky for people if they're trying to manage their health through nutrition, even with supplementation. So, can you share a little bit about the programs you offer? And I think you also have a one day diet plan that you can offer. To the crew?
0: So, my whole approach is just realistic nutrition because I just like all of my clients are busy individuals, either working, parenting just living. So my whole approach is realistic, because I do think that proper nutrition doesn't have to be hard. Again, right, let's sometimes focus on those baselines. So what I do is I do very individualized nutrition programming for my clients based on their specific goals and needs. And we can change that up if they're traveling, if they're staying home, if they're cooking, if they don't cook, if they're dining out every day. So it's very individualized to make sure they're getting what they need. And if they cannot get what they need from their food, which many individuals can't, then we do supplement appropriately. So there's that. I do do corporate wellness lectures and talk So I speak to large groups, which I love because disseminating information that can change people's lives in an hour, I think is really powerful. And they can just spread that good nutrition tips and break through some myths. And I also do collaborate with brands and companies to do recipe development or to make sure things are meeting markers. I do offer a one day reset on my website if you sign up for our newsletter. And that basically is just giving you strategies tips and tricks on how to implement balanced nutrition into a single day and you can rinse and repeat as needed. Also on my website I do offer a 3-day meal plan because some people just need ideas and it's not wrong or bad to eat the same breakfast every single day if it makes it easy for you if it's nutritionally balanced. I and mean, it will always incorporate a variety of nutrients, plant-based, regular protein-based with substitute regular protein, animal-based protein with substitutes if needed, but also there'll always be a variety of colors in the vegetables that we're eating because that is what affects the activities of the vitamins and minerals in our body. So it's just eating a variety, eating a rainbow, but we're going to just try to make nutrition, which can be super overwhelming these days. It's just like we experience going through expo. There's so many things. So it's really, how do you bring it down? How do you cover your bases first before you elevate to the other extremes, which are not always necessary to feel your best?
2: So your website is realnutritionnyc.com for Real Nutrition New York City. I know that you serve people outside of New York City since we've all learned to work in a remote world these days. So if somebody listening to this podcast wants to collaborate with you directly and get a meal plan, I'm sure they can reach out directly.
0: Certainly, yep. And you can always follow along over on social media. It's just simply at Real Nutrition.
2: Yeah, and on Instagram I see you provide a lot of really sound advice and some great recipes and things like that too. Practical tips. So I really appreciate that too. And that's just simply at sign, of course, real nutrition, which I have to say is probably worth a pretty penny. Nice. Right.
0: (laughs) I know. I don't know how I landed that, but I did years and years ago. I'm glad. I'm glad I made that happen.
2: So hopefully some of our listeners can go and join you there at Real Nutrition on Instagram. And I just appreciate so much you joining me for this discussion today. I do want to say too that all of the practical tips you've provided are immensely helpful to me too. I am currently trying to dress my protein because I got a little too lazy on that. And I noticed that even though I was consuming fewer overall calories because I was eating more plants, that I was just getting a little pudgier. And I think it relates to not getting enough of the vital proteins and having that shift my, how I metabolize food essentially. And so now I'm working to correct that and I've reintegrated a responsible whey protein. But it's really hard, I think, sometimes to confront these issues and and what's best for your health specifically when you also have moral or ethical dilemmas afoot as well. So the fact that you're providing tips on even integrating more plant-based proteins is, I think, immensely helpful for people listening. And I may have to tap you on the shoulder at some point in the near future (laughs) and say, this is what's working for me and this isn't. Can you help me figure this
0: out? I'm here for it. Oh, thank
2: you so much, Amy.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So good to see you.
2: To find out more about Amy Shapiro, her programs, and to subscribe to her newsletter, go to realnutritionnyc.com or visit her Instagram page at realnutrition. If you learned something today, I hope that you'll subscribe to Nutrition Without Compromise on your favorite podcasting platform. This will help more people to discover the show so that we can help to improve their health naturally. While you're at it, give us a thumbs up, a five-star review, and even a written review. All of these things are immensely supportive. And to learn more about what we're doing at Orlo Nutrition to build better nutrition solutions that are better absorbed so that you can reach your best health, visit orlonutrition.com. There you'll find a page dedicated to this podcast with the complete transcript for this episode and every other features that you won't find anywhere else too. This podcast is all about serving you. So if you would like to dive into specific topics or have questions that you'd like to see answered on this show, please reach out. You can send an email note directly to hello at orlonutrition.com or just follow us in social channels and send us a message there at Orlo Nutrition. As we close today's show, I hope that you'll raise a cup of your favorite beverage with me as I say my closing words. Here's to your health.
1: Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit Orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs, because nutrition shouldn't be an either-or.